Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee at the Crossroads. Once again, I'm your host, Afro Spiritual, and happy Monday. I hope y'all are having a great Monday. Your Monday is blessed. The roads are open for you. I hope the birds are singing and everything else. Okay. Ironically enough, I am actually drinking coffee this morning. Made myself a little cafecito and all that stuff. Shoot, tastes so good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, indeed. Shout out to the Oriate that helps out my Ile and everything when it comes to the Risha ceremony because that's his cafecito recipe and it's oh so good. Granted, it would never be as good as his because I don't know what he puts up in there. But honey, let me tell you. That's some good cafecito. Anyway, moving right along, y'all. Today is going to be a well look forward to episode. And it's going to be about ancestral veneration, y'all. Ancestral veneration. All right? Now, a lot of people think that ancestral veneration is just as simple as you working with the dead. Honey, that is a little bit too ambiguous because when it comes to working with the dead, that is an overarching umbrella. I'm talking about your ancestors, your bloodline lineage, okay? What is ancestral veneration? Ancestral veneration is the honoring of those who came before you, all right? On your mama's side, on your daddy's side, all right? Honoring those that came before you. From your mom all the way up, moving backwards, even to ancient times. From your dad all the way backwards, moving all the way up to ancient times, okay? That's what ancestral veneration is. Honoring the memory. Honoring the legacy. Honoring the culture. Honoring the wisdom that has been passed down to you now. And that is a very special thing. You'd be surprised what the ancestors are able to do in your life. Not only for you, but also for your loved ones and your family. Okay? Shoot, in the Hulu community, they say aside from your intuition, listening to your higher self, your ancestors are your first defense. So if your veneration is not on point... Honey, you basically walking out in that world butt-ass naked. Uh-uh. Dang good. Mm. Trust me, you don't want that. You need a little something. Shoot, it's also a little comforting to know that you have people out there on the other side with your best interests at heart. Now, some people also ask the question, do everyone have ancestors that favor them and walk with them? Yes, they do. We all got ancestors. Shoot, it's a little silly to think that no one has ancestors. There's at least one ancestor in your corner, believe it or not. All right? There's at least one there. Shoot, some of us has a whole squadron. Clan up. (laughs) Squad up. You know what I mean? But why is ancestral veneration important? Okay, first things first, I'm going to start off by saying this. Your body and your blood is your first altar. We're going to get into altars in in this episode. Your body and your blood is your first altar and temple. You are your ancestors, people. You are your ancestors. 
regardless of the history of your people, for better and for worse, regardless of the atrocities that your people may have committed, or if it, uh, or, excuse me, twisted up my words a bit, or if your people were victims of history, of the atrocities committed by another, all right? In your body and in your blood carries the blessings, the memories, the pains, the triumphs, even to the spiritual gifts and wisdom. Everything of your whole bloodline lives within you now. Okay? Keep that in mind as I go forward in this episode, okay? Because there's a lot of people in this world, especially in the United States. And if you know anything about the history of the United States, especially in the South, you know what, you know the people I'm talking about, okay? No tea, no shade to them, but you know the people I'm talking about that love to say they are not their ancestors. And because they're not their ancestors, they have no atoning that they need to do. Now, it's not everyone part of that community, but honey, I am a black man that lives in the South. You'll be surprised how many times it's been told to my face, publicly and online, by ignorant folk telling me that they are not their ancestors and they owe nothing when they benefit from the very systems that was put in place by their ancestors. But yet, they're not their ancestors, but yet they continue and perpetuate the bigotry, the bigotry in which their ancestors instilled in their descendants all the way leading up to them. In my opinion, if everyone practiced a little bit of ancestral veneration, this world actually might be a better place. Not gonna lie to you. Because let me tell you something. What you do now affects the next seven generations moving forward and back. Healing generational issues of the past and alleviating issues of future generations. Setting them up for success the right way. Shoot, in some cultures, they say, and this is for those that believe in reincarnation, they say that what you do now, you're setting up your future incarnation because they believe that you reincarnate in your bloodline. So if you, in this life, acting a fool, doing nothing, no care in the world, honey, what happens if you end up Reincarnating. You've done nothing to help your bloodline whatsoever, especially your future generations. You've done nothing. You just acted a total fool of yourself. If you happen to come back, uh, honey, you set yourself up for basically hell. Shoot. And you're not doing yourself any favors. So what does that mean then? In this lifetime... It will behoove you to act with some mindfulness. To act with some forethought to when your time comes, when heaven decrees that it's your time to go, what are you leaving behind for future generations? What are you leaving behind? 
What world are they going to inherit seven generations from now? Due to your actions. Because if you want to play the whole time and it's illusion and everything. Baby, you alive right now. Time is an illusion. You are an ancestor to somebody. Already. In truth, you are already an ancestor to somebody. So act with that mindfulness. Act with that mindfulness. You have to. If you want things to be better in this world, especially for yourself and your community, act with some mindfulness. Act with some integrity. Act with some good character. Now we're human. It's not always easy. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not always easy. But it's the fact that we get up and we try. And we do our best to live up to our highest potential in this lifetime. So our future generations as a collective will inherit something good. So how do you begin ancestral veneration with all this talk surrounding it? One, learn to trust yourself. Listen, because I get that question a lot. How do you begin ancestral veneration? Or how do you communicate or heal your ancestors better? Let me tell you this. A lot of people want to get into ancestral veneration. And it is a good thing. Love it. But a lot of people that get into ancestral veneration and starting that don't know how to trust themselves or to listen. And then they end up opening up the door to be able to venerate their ancestors, not knowing how to be able to sit with themselves and listen and trust themselves. And all they're doing is just pissing off others, pissing off their ancestors. Over here, asking for a sign, but yet they don't even know how to trust themselves to be able to read the signs. Over here, asking for insight, and they don't even know how to sit down with themselves and listen for the insight to come through. Making the ancestors frustrated for what? So, to begin ancestral veneration, it starts with you. Remember, your body and your blood is the first altar and temple now. It is. So, what do you do? You sit with yourself first. You get to know yourself first. And that even means learning family and cultural history, y'all. Learning family and cultural history. That's a trick right there. Now for those that are adopted. Now I won't lie to you. Some, I get this question a lot as well. What do you do if you're adopted? Listen, you do have blood ancestors. But this is where the soul comes into place. Because if the ancestors of the adoptive family accepts you, honey, you have two families walking with you. There's nothing to it. Nothing to it. Yes, it's going to take a little bit of research to figure out where your blood lineage comes from. But honey, don't worry about a thing. Because your ancestors know you. You just need to get to know them. When it comes to starting out the ancestral veneration, and this is what messes with a lot of folks. It's going to be based on how your immediate folks believed and practice. All right? Can't just skip to the ancient ancestors or to the ancient practices. You must work your way backwards slowly. And due to that, 
And the reason why for that is because of generational issues. All right? Generational issues. Because when you open up the door for an ancestral veneration, you do open up the door to potentially being able to handle and work with generational issues. And for some people, that's not easy. That's not easy. For example, some people may have the generational issue of dealing with hypersexuality. Lust, being lustful. Some people dealing with emotional abandonment, narcissism that runs in the blood. Violence, domestic violence, drinking and smoking habits, not treating themselves well healthily. And that's just a small pinch of all the generational issues that can be afflicting a family, be afflicting someone's bloodline. And that's not to mention generational curses, y'all. Generational curses is something that, when I say it sticks, it sticks. Can it be removed? Yes. But it won't be removed with a spiritual wash. It won't be removed with, you know, doing this and that. Now, prayer, doing doing things through prayer, now that's different. But it's not an instant fix. Removing generational issues and generational curses will never be an instant fix. And y'all need to get that out of y'all head right now. It takes work. It takes dedication. Okay? Shoot. It's spiritual work, y'all. And for this work, sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to cry. You're going to have to face shadows, demons, darkness. You're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to possibly spill some blood, metaphorically. Spill some blood just to be able to clear up these issues. If you are dealing with these issues. Elevating the ancestors is not a easy thing. But it is worth it. It's very much so worth it. And the way you go about elevating the ancestors is going to be different based off of the culture in which you descend from and the people in which you descend from. All right? I can only speak about what I know from my people and also my practice. I cannot speak for everyone else because let me tell you this. There's some people that try to say, I remember someone tried to tell me that ancestral veneration was a closed thing. Uh, everyone has ancestors. Ancestral veneration is not a closed practice. The manner in which you venerate your ancestors may be a part of a closed practice. And that's the boundary that needs to be respected. The way ancestors are venerated based off our practice and culture. Not ancestral veneration as a whole. Okay? Keep that in mind now. Keep that in mind. And for those, going back to the immediate family, for those with their immediate family that practice Christianity or some Abrahamic religion, because, you know, nowadays there's a lot more pagans and everything. There is a lot more pagans, a lot of people who do not subscribe to Christianity, Catholicism, Abrahamic faith in general. If your immediate family practice Christianity, Catholicism, I'm just going to use those two because those are the ones I'm most familiar with based off of my upbringing and where I come from. Look, you're going to have to use that as the mode of communication to venerate your ancestors, your immediate folks, because that is the manner in which they understand spirituality. 
because ancestral veneration is not about you. In an indirect way, it is. But as a whole, it's not about you. It's about honoring those that came before you. All right? So if your immediate folks were Christian or Catholic or something like that, and you have religious hurt from those beliefs, you're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to confront it. I kid you not. It's not Burger King. You're not going to have it your way. So if that means you're on your ancestral altar or you have to sit down in prayer, praying the rosario, the rosary, or sitting down with the Bible, open up to scripture and going into prayer to honor your ancestors, well then look what you're doing. Look at what you're doing. So don't cry about the fact that you may have to do that. Even for some, especially for my black folks, some that don't subscribe to Jesus, Okay, But if your immediate folks for your ancestors subscribe to Jesus, then you're going to pray in Jesus' name because that's what the folks that came before you did. And that's who they put their faith into. You're doing it to honor them. It's through honoring them that bolsters and empowers you. Remember that. All right. As you practice your veneration. Over time, the bond will deepen with them, all right? The bond will deepen with them because they already know you. You have to get to know them. The bond with them deepen. And over time, as you venerate, work through certain issues with self that you may have inherited due to your blood, helping them elevate, understanding them, getting to know them, honoring them, they will slowly over time walk you backwards to more of the ancient ancestral understandings and practices it could lead you down different roads different paths shoot i could use myself as an example i talked i believe i talked about it in a previous podcast oh no no yeah i did honey yeah i practiced growing up growing up practicing root work okay now, as you know, though, if you come from a hoodoo practicing family, we don't call it hoodoo. Some of us call it roots. Some of us call it root work, doctrine, um, and shoot, God's work on earth, working, spiritual work. There's a, lot, there's a lot of different names for it. I've been practicing that most of my life. And over time, I was walked backwards to Arisha. Now I do both, Orisha and root work, honoring where I came from and the knowings in which that was passed down to me by my elders and working with and practicing what I am in now, honoring both my immediate and my ancient blood. Although I practice an Afro-Cuban diasporic understanding of Orisha, as my godfather says, if you have Arisha, you have Arisha. Now, the Arisha practice is a closed practice, so don't go and try to pick up and start venerating and honoring Arisha. You have to go through proper channels and initiate. I'm going to save that topic for a future episode, okay? Might even bring my godfather on. Not might, will. Just need to get with him and schedule that and everything. I digress. It's not about you. It's about honoring them. It's about honoring them. Honoring them. All right? 
you are your ancestors in a full totality. Now, with all that said, some people will be like, okay, honor your ancestors. That's cool. Honor all your ancestors. Now, I'll tell you this. Not every single ancestor is to be honored. Okay? Not every single ancestor is to be honored. Honor your blood, yes. But not every single ancestor needs to be honored. There are elevated ancestors and unelevated ancestors. The elevated ancestors... They're going to be the ones who work through their issues on the other side. They're going to be the ones that's able to guide you, protect you, and bless you without their biases and or opinions getting in the way. Your elevated ancestors allow you to live your life and go about your journey to live up to your highest potential for the good of your life and what God, creator, source, whatever you want to call, decrees for you. All right? Your unelevated ancestors are the ones that are going to be dropping their opinion left and right, getting in the way of your blessings due to how they feel in ways they're going to try to force their way of life onto you and try to make you conform to live life the way they want you to live. Regardless if it conflicts your highest good and destiny or not. Now, there is a little nuance to that now. There's some elevated ancestors that don't give a rat's ass about you. They don't. They live their life. They don't want to be bothered. Now, there's some unelevated ancestors that do have your best interest at heart, that do love you unconditionally, that do want to see you succeed, but they need a little help elevating so they could be a better help to you all right so when it comes to elevated versus unelevated you have to take that with a grain of salt okay now in relation to loved ones that passed on all right ancestors that you're considering venerating okay how to know if they're elevated or unelevated? Well, divination can help you with that, but also going to your family and figuring out family stories about how they lived their life. Any pains or traumas they dealt with in life. Were they happy? Were they at peace? Or were they not? Did you have a good relationship with them in life? Or did your family members have good relationships with them in life? Or was the relations to the family filled with bitterness and anger? All right. Now, there's some ancestors that favor people. But the descendant that is alive never met that person. Well, that's when you get into genetics and everything. And that's because you inherited a good deal from that one ancestor. And that is the connecting and bonding point between you and that one ancestor that you most likely never even met. Okay. That's actually how it worked out for me, not gonna lie. With one of my ancestors. Just saying. That's where my daddy's at. But anyway. With that said, when it comes to ancestral altars, now depending on the culture, ancestral altars are important. Not only culture, but practice. Ancestral altars are important. But there's different ways to venerate. Because, for example, Especially when it comes to the Hoodoo community. We have our altars. We do. Oh, a lot of us do. 
But some folks from different practices will try to tell hoodoo practitioners not to have our altars in the bedroom because it's not traditional. And my response every single time is this, especially within the hoodoo community and other folks that love to tell hoodoo practitioners what to do with our altars. Listen, if we wanted to be traditional, there's no altars in hoodoo. As I said, your body and your blood is the first altar. So if that's the case, if you want to get traditional, there's no altars. How do you venerate? You venerate through song. You venerate through prayer. You venerate through the everyday walk of your life. You venerate in nature. Your walk and keeping the memory alive in your heart is the veneration. Tending to your community is the veneration. Tending to your family and fulfilling the duties with your family is the veneration. Loving your kin is the veneration. Ensuring that your kin is supported, healed, and well, along with yourself, is the veneration, y'all. As I said, different ways of venerating. Nature could be your altar. Shoot. When our time here on earth is done, our bodies go back to the earth. Our bodies nourish the soil. The grass grow. The animals eat the grass. Other animals eat animals. And depending on your dietary choices, humans eat both animals and or grass. Continuing the cycle through and through. We walk in the middle world. Our bodies, our blood is the first altar and temple. Our, we are our ancestors. They, their memory lives on through us. And in some cultures, it's said that the stars that look down upon you is the souls of the elevated ancestors looking down upon you from heaven, witnessing what goes on here on earth. So the ancestors are everywhere living in conjunction with other spirits as well, and other forces as well. All right. Now, for those that do have ancestral altars, understand that there's some do's and don'ts. Now, at the very minimum, now, I can, now I, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit. I can only speak about ancestral altars from the context in which I practice. Now, the way you venerate is going to be different based off of your culture and the people in which you descend from. Keep that in mind. So do your personal research. That is going to be essential. Basic ancestral altar do's and don't. All you need is a glass of water, a white candle, and yourself. That's it. If you had a good relation with someone that came before, you can have their picture up there. Or a relic in which they used to own. Or a name. Shoot. Obituaries are amazing, y'all. They are. Normally on an obituary, there is all their information. Birthday, death day, picture, full name. Yeah. There is. That's all y'all need to start out. And on top of that, if you want to get a, extend it a little bit, for those that came from Christians, have a Bible up there too. A relic of some sort that is sacred to help give a protection, an anointing to your altar. All right. Now, 
that's just the basic. However you dress up your altar from there is on you and the feelings you get and also communicating to your ancestors based off of what they want. In all honesty, talk to your folks. Learn to communicate to your folks. As I said before, learn to listen and trust yourself first. Do your research on the people you come from culturally and also direct family lineage. Okay? But let's talk about some don'ts real quick. Number one, know how to pray your ancestors forward. Know how to pray them forward. You want to pray the ones that have your best interest at heart, that love you unconditionally, that operate in accordance to the will of your highest good and also in accordance to the will of creator. You don't want to just ambiguously speak because you'd be surprised. Any spirit could come up and pretend to be your ancestor, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Knowing how to pray or call them forward is essential. It's essential. Prayer. Don't pray in the wrong ones. Know how to pray properly. A second don't actually has to deal with... Actually has to deal with different generational issues. For example, let's take smoking and drinking. Because from my experience... (laughs) The spirits, the ancestors, the dead, though, they love their smokes, they love their liquor. All right? But if your family has a generational issue of treating smoking irresponsibly, a history of, you know, bad lungs, respiratory issues because of smoking, the last thing you want to do is include smokes up there. Now, don't get me wrong, those vices are nice. But the last thing you want to do is include smokes up there now with the drinking if you descend from folks that don't know how to drink responsibly and descend from alcoholics the last thing you want to do is put liquor up there all you're doing is perpetuating the issue for it to manifest in your everyday life Uh, no Mm -mm. don't do it trust me now if you have a spirit an ancestor that is elevated, telling you to put that up there, then you need to know how to be able to set that up there with intention. As in, you set that liquor up there or them smokes up there, and it's only for those that know how to treat it with responsibility. Treat it responsibly. All right? A little nuance point with liquor. Dark liquor attract heavier spirits. Lighter liquor attract lighter spirits for my black folk when it comes to the hennessy ooh, now nah, hennessy whiskey cone y'all 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 be careful now y'all know y'all know how hennessy treats us Mm-mm. y'all be careful now you looking for your ancestors to get buck wild and crazy uh mm, be careful what kind of liquor you put up there you better off putting a putting a white rum or tequila up there okay And that's if your folks allow you for the liquor and your folks is good with the liquor. Shoot. Y'all be careful now. Truly. Cooking for your folks is one of the biggest things I can do. Always cook them traditional foods. When you make them food and they know that you're cooking for them, oh honey, they'll be up in that kitchen with you through and through. Where do you think black folk get this saying, season until the ancestors tell you to stop? Just saying. Tell y'all. Your kitchen could be made into an altar. It really can. Shoot. You'd be surprised. Many grannies do it. They honestly do. 
why you think the food be coming out so good? It's not just their innate skill now, but the ancestors are cooking through them, moving through them, feeding the folks with good food, family togetherness. Again, many ways to venerate, many ways to venerate, truly. Think outside the box. You don't have to be so formal. There's a time to be formal when it comes to your veneration. There are times to be casual and be intimate with your veneration. Because it is an intimate thing to do. You are your ancestors once again. For better and for worse. For the good, bad, and the ugly. For the blessed and the anointed. And the pains, traumas, and also the tribulations and atrocities. Do I have to sit here and go through a whole thing of epigenetics, how it was discovered that genes carry memory and trauma can be passed on to future generations? Do your research now. It's true. Just saying. Now to close on out with here. I want what I want y'all to take away from this is simple. Okay. The trauma of a people is very much so alive in today's time. And as a community, especially black folk, in many ways, we are tired of saying the same old things. Now, it's not only black folk, but minorities as a whole. It's time for folks to start listening, truly listening. Because if it wasn't an issue, then why is it still being spoken about amongst groups of people? I firmly do believe if all of us in some way, shape, or form do a little ancestral veneration and ancestral work to heal and uplift our bloodlines, the world potentially may become a better place. Recognizing the truth of history, facing down the issues of our bloodlines, and saying enough is enough and working to elevate it I'm sure humanity may have a fighting chance at coming together as a collective, respecting each other's differences and cultures and embracing the understandings, the histories and cultures as a whole. Now y'all, thank y'all for listening. Once again, my name is Afro Spiritual. This is Coffee at the Crossroads. And if you out there ever want to talk, or if you want to procure any of my services, honey, my calendar is linked in my bio of this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Afro underscore spiritual. You can find me on TikTok. And y'all, y'all have an amazing Monday. And I'll be with y'all next podcast now next podcast is going to be a doozy so come with a well well steel stomach because we're going to get into some some history about black folks and about the medical field okay 
Y'all take care. God bless. May the ancestors bless y'all. And I hope y'all's healing and elevation is easy. Y'all take care.